Yes, people. Yes, people. Yes, people. Welcome, everyone, to the Cut Down Podcast Show. I'm your host, Ben from Lover of Tech, and it's already episode two. I know. I said at least every two weeks I'll be doing this. No less than a month, just to set my expectations, just to just to kind of get used to the podcast in life because it's a different venture. But it's been a week, and I already got another episode for you. And on top of another episode, you are still not experiencing me just by myself. I've got another guest in person, not virtual. We ain't going virtual here. We're still in person. Another guest, a great friend of mine, a great colleague in the industry when it comes to consumer electronics and tech. And as the cut down goes, like I always say, if you want a straight and more cut down version of tech news where we can just come have a conversation, structured, but not scripted, where we have a bit of fun and have a chat and really touch base and catch up then this is the podcast episode for you. So definitely, man, I've been able to get it available on all your favorite audio podcast listening platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, you name it, it's there. So definitely search up The Cut Down Podcast Show, all as separate words, like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss any future audio sessions on this, as well as obviously on YouTube. A cut down channel, man. We've got the video version of this as well. So our video watchers can see us getting all giddy in Hell person, yeah. in camera. But as special guest goes, George is a definite, definite good friend of mine. But I won't let him, I will just let him do the introduction so I don't get him ahead of myself. I'm going to pass it over to him so he can pretty much introduce you all and say hi. Hello, I am George um, <laughs> from little known YouTube channel, Snappy Tech. Uh, you might know me as that crazy man who bought a computer from a budget <laughs> supermarket <laughs> i was like who's a good company to buy a computer from oh i know aldi um but yeah snappy tech we make videos about technology that's it i don't know why i did an accent <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is good this, this is fun we're gonna have this for this wave is the fun it's gonna stop being funny about two minutes into this <laughs> just just know that now um oh, but yeah videos about tech um basically tech that i like to talk about I so it can it. be things like phones um i've started doing and i'd love to we can talk about this first yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. i've started doing tiktoks really yeah i've tried i've tried i've tried i've tried i've tried i need to i need to i need to crack it like short form is not me in general but it is it is the trend that seems to be staying by the looks of it. Because here's the weird thing. Sometimes I want to make a video, but I don't want to make a video. Video, yeah. <laughs> you know? And TikTok is incredible for that as a okay. platform. Okay, Where I can make a... I, I mean, obviously you still have to use the devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, of course, But of I did course, like a... Course. I did a Pixel 4a review mm. for TikTok. Where like the filming process and editing process took like five, 10 minutes. <laughs> it was me just like pointing my note at the phone and being like, yeah. and this is the color yeah. and this is the screen. Yeah. And so the process of like making videos is way quicker. Yeah. And Marcus Brownlee kind of talked about this when he did his, what video was it? I forget what video it was, but he made a TikTok which has more views than any YouTube video he's ever yeah, made. Yeah, he's ever made. Um, oh, it was, it was, I can't, it was like, um, it was the LG wing. That's what yes, it was. Yes, it was oh, the wing. What a yes, I remember, I remember he did say, <laughs> yeah. I remember the, the wing, it was the wing, yeah. And so if, if you can crack it, I think it's great. Yeah. But also it's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, you don't stop. <laughs> I, I don't think, and on, on like a serious note, I don't think people recognize just how good we have it with YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, from a goodness. from a monetization point of view, it's we're in an incredible, incredible position place, yeah. that YouTube hands you, and even that, frankly, isn't quite enough. Like the the level of channel you need to become self sustaining is quite high. Just purely on AdSense, yeah. Purely on AdSense is is insane. Um, and even but even then, it's like ridiculously good. Whereas on TikTok, because the, the way that TikTok works is you don't get the money, you don't get the revenue from the ads. Yeah, you no, get no, zero no. ad revenue. You get zero ad revenue. It's all based the on pop. their creator fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which has, I believe, they pledged for, I think it was like three billion dollars over three years. So basically, yeah. like a billion dollars yeah. a year, which sounds like a lot of money. 
until you realize that like that means if you make a video that gets like 150 million views then you're only eligible for like 10 cents yeah exactly uh, <laughs> exactly it's exactly that and and for 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 a platform that is based on user generated content that really spreads wild in terms of like you know wildfire kind of spread in terms of how the algorithm works and whatnot it's not that much yeah and i think it's only now where a lot of us that complained wholeheartedly about adsense complain half-heartedly about it now yeah <laughs> to the point where we're actually seeing that for the colossal nature of how google hosts the length and quantity and quality of video that we still complain about when it comes to compression in retrospect they've got it they've got it nailed down almost to a t now this does not mean we don't critique them and we let them take passes and we don't keep hammering at them to not just sustain and maintain it but keep getting better but i i think a lot of people are having a much greater appreciation of youtube's you know creative fund in yeah. terms of how you as a creative you know make money on youtube and then also implementing like services like youtube premium where if the audience really does watch a lot of like i have youtube premium because out of all the out of all the user platforms that i watch in terms of streaming video wise right that's the one i consume the most just because it is user generated content so yeah. i get the most viewership from there you know and the versatility it could be something like flossy car doing a two-hour video on a smartphone review with Xerxes white shoes coming in, or it could be someone doing a cinematic short take on a smartphone view or cinematic short take, or someone like myself where I kind of have an in-between of, I like long form. I like a feel of a cinematic look ish, but really I like it to be straight to the point, informative, no fluff. And also for yourself as well, where from podcasting to, you know, doing content on the go or in studio, just the stretch variety of what you get and just being able to like, you know, monetize from it, how YouTube does. Yeah. And I think people don't appreciate how YouTube, you can throw anything you want at YouTube. Yep. As long as it's technically a video file, yeah. they'll deal with it. Yeah. It can be anything from, you know, like a, a, a five second short yeah. to like a 12 hour live stream. Yeah. And they just kind of figure it out. Yep. And that's not, that's that's a privilege at the end of the day. That's it not is, that's is. not something that people realize. With no hosting fees. Yeah, we're completely free. And what's crazy is if you're a if you're a larger channel, you might go well. You know, like I'm. You know, for me, I'd pay the hosting fees, and some people do. Some people use Vimeo as like a backup because the great thing about oh, Vimeo there's been a lot of controversy with what's been happening recently with Vimeo. But like. <laughs> In theory, Vimeo lets you have relatively uncompressed video that you can upload. Yeah, and I think they support like 10-bit yeah, videos. Yeah, well. and because, you, because you're paying for the hosting, yeah. because you pay for hosting, you can decide whether or not your videos have ads on them yeah. completely. Yeah. Whereas yeah. YouTube, even if you're not in the um, the like creator, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like create uh, the YouTube partner program. Yeah, if you're not yeah, in the partner it. program, you might still get ads on your videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though you won't get any money on money them, the ads it, still yeah, run. Yeah. Whereas Vimeo lets you decide like yeah. point blank. Like you can just be like, no, I don't want anyone to ever see an ad on my mm. video. And they won't. Um, so I think people have just now realized that like, you know, I can upload a four hour video to YouTube that, I, that no one will ever watch just because I want it on my YouTube channel and put it on- In 8K as well. In, in, in 8K, 8K and HDR. HDR with you know I can upload a four hour long 8K HDR video private so no one no one could I could upload it and no one would ever, ever see, see it. it and it would still be completely free yep and, and that's on, ridiculous and, and on top of that in terms of like I'm I'm for a while now I've just been a fan of like you know just live streaming in general and YouTube still are the only ones that really allow you to live stream at 4K 60 frames a second and I think they've even added a feature to, not that I'm a fan of HDR, because I just feel like HDR as a, as a format is, is still too fragmented for me yeah. from just the support, what it has, and then the workflow of it. It's just yeah. way too fragmented, but it's just the principle of the fact that YouTube has that. As a platform, they are very, very strong and stable. And if you look at like, if you think about the breadth of, it's still a very user-generated based 
content platform, you know, but they've struck a little bit in there where you've got the YouTube originals. Yeah. And then obviously you've got your Saturday night live shows with Jimmy and all these guys that, you know, are a little bit more official, but you've even seen like your traditional broadcast media utilizing YouTube a lot more. Yeah. Because they're realizing that the reach is unmatched in that sense. So, and even, 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 even with just the scalability of how they've been able to add, add shorts in there shows that they've, they've got that kind of infrastructure to do those things. So, as a platform, YouTube, yes, we give you a lot of hard time. You kind of ruined YouTube Rewind. YouTube Rewind is gone and so many different other things. But generally speaking, like, just, 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 even with how much traction TikTok has gained, you've then realized that, right, they still do have a long way to go to figure out the effort that goes into it, even for short base um, form con um, content for creators to really get what they feel like it's worth their time and money you know so tiktok is interesting i mean i'm i'm in i'm in a, i'm in a weird place with tiktok not that i have anything against short form content but my attention span is long and i'm i'm the type of person that i because i'm a, i'm very chatty i feel like if if you don't give me the time i feel too boxed in yeah so it feels very boxed in but at the same time because I generate, because I, because I generate so much long form content month for month for month for month for month, I've I've hit a limit where it's like there's almost no time. As quick as it is to make short form content, it almost feels like I have no more space in my yeah, head. Yeah, you just hit your. I just yeah. hit my limit. But at the same time, I really want to do it. And here's here's another thing. One of one of my one of one of my close friends in the gaming scene and tech scene, um, Kin Jay. Hopefully, I'll get him on a podcast, Jay. You know, it's your turn soon. Um, there's this, there's this, um, there's this service called CrossClip that seems to be able to do that for you. It's like a AI based system that just yeah. edits your clips from different platforms like Twitch, Facebook, um, YouTube. And I, I've yet to try it out, but it looks very convincing. And I think the AI just figures out the best montage or highlight reel and just spits out a video in short form vertical for you. I'm like. That's me. <laughs> yeah, and it it's even available in like smaller ways. Like Premiere Pro now lets you auto reframe video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and auto reframe. And it's just those little things where you don't have to go in and sort of spend forever perfectly, because especially if you're doing a, a a video that has like multiple cuts in it. Right? Yeah. You have to go in, and every time there's a cut, you have to reframe the shot. Oh. And, you know, like that's fine, but it's time consuming. Very. And so having auto reframe in there. Is something that seems like quite a small deal, but actually can make a massive difference. Massive. Like, I always say this, right? I'm going to put it out there. People that actually love editing, even when it's difficult, I have a newfound respect for you. <laughs> I have a genuine newfound respect for you, honestly. Because the problem I find for me is that I find myself editing in situations where I'm my energy's gone. So I have to go into overdrive mode. Like I have to, because for, for, for our situation, for example, we test tech products and services, more products with services, you know, give or take what the situation is, you know, it could be a software-based service, VPN, whatever it is, but we test hard. And understanding the nuance of these products is important. The good, the bad, the ugly. And that takes time. That's actually working itself. Yeah. I always say I always say to people like um actually using a product for enjoyment and testing a product for work, your mindset shifts completely different. You see, and it, it's actually your working brain is working, you know. So there's that to account for. Then there's the note taking or scripting, whether it's full word for word, partial or off head, because it's just in there that's still getting the information out there. Once you've recorded it, like you've then got to do the product shots, you know, whether indoors or outdoor, that's another, that's another skill in time and labor, you know, fun or not, which obviously the creation process is, it's still, uh, it's still work. But when you get to editing, for me, I'm like, I'm cooked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely cooked. And Lord knows that's when your system wants to fight with you unnecessary crashes weird starters like you just i just feel like for me 
at that point is when I get the most friction yeah. working against me compared to any other creative, any other part of the creative stage process. Editing gives me the most friction and it's like, Ugh. yeah, it's because it, it's in a weird way, even though we're doing these videos on tech, like in our case, we're doing videos on technology. Editing is almost the point where you're most reliant on it. Yeah. Because hell yeah. Because kind of, you know, if you're making a video about a phone and the phone like kills itself, then you're like, well, the phone killed itself. Like yeah. that's, that's content in itself. It's in you itself, know? yeah. Whereas if you're trying to edit in Premiere Pro, oh. Premiere Pro kills itself, <laughs> which it does all the time. All the time. That's, a special, uh, <laughs> that's actually a special USB. Yeah. Um, then in that case, you're dumb out loud. You're done. Like it's great. I was talking to a, a, a friend about this who was like, George, why... Why is Premiere Pro so bad? So bad. <laughs> not, and not even Premiere Pro in general, just like Adobe products overall. The Creative Suite, the Creative Cloud Suite in, as a whole is just like a bit weird. It's archaic. It's, it's built on, and it must be built on a very, very old building blocks and framework. It's, it's just bad. It's the, just bad. The, the reality is that there are two major questions. There are two major potential answers to this. Answer one is, Adobe are playing a game for fun of like, how bad can we make can our make product it? before people stop paying for it? Yeah. Which, because of how ingrained in the industry they are, I would argue the answer to that question is, as long as it technically turns on, people yeah, will still use it. It's, 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 it's not good. It, it, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on Adobe. And here's why I say I don't want to crap on Adobe. Yeah, because funny enough, they are an industry standard non-linear editing system or suite or creative suite that works on the popular platforms, i.e. Windows and also Mac OS, fine, right? Collaborative tools are fine. Dynamic Link is amazing in terms of how it would work with the other Adobe apps like, you know, um, Audition. If you remix a track and make it longer, you can just import it straight into your Premiere timeline, works. You can open an After Effects program in Premiere Pro and it works. I do that all the time. A lot of the work assets for Sound Mobile are After Effects based. So, you know, the overlays and stuff. So I, yeah. I kind of have to use it. So it's not to say that there isn't kind of like an ecosystem benefit to it. And we all know Photoshop is the industry standard graphic designer based software. You know, there are other ones as well. But you, when, you think, yeah. when you think of any funny edits online that you see, someone always says, oh, you Photoshopped it. Or there's a meme that was going to say, haters are going to say it's photoshopped. Yeah. You see, but photoshopped is not a thing. You know, it's actually the software name and brand. So it already shows how yeah. ingrained it is, right? But the frustration is you are paying monthly for this. And it's you don't expensive. own it. And it's expensive. And for it to be that poorly optimized when you have companies like, you know, Blackmagic, making a software like Resolve, which is becoming near enough, basically industry standard when it comes to an NLE, but especially when it comes to coloring, works on both Apple in terms of Mac OS and Windows. And Linux. And Linux as well. And it's so well optimized. Any person that's starting content creation, if you're hearing this and you're thinking of starting video editing in any way, I would highly recommend you use DaVinci Resolve. There's a good free version. And when you pay for it, it's a one-time software and you own it. And if if you are paying for DaVinci Resolve, uh, the, the studio version is such that the thing you're paying for, you're already getting paid. Like if you if you buy uh, if you buy Premiere Pro, you could still just be making videos but for yourself, but paying for Premiere Pro. Whereas if you're making videos for yourself, DaVinci Resolve is way more than good enough. And the only reason you're paying for DaVinci Resolve is for like <laughs> their team project features or the fact that it lets you do like 8K HDR output. Like no one is making 8K HDR content for themselves, right? This is the kind of stuff that, whether I believe off the top of my head, it's 300 pounds. Yeah. It's, it's in that ballpark. Regardless, it's, it's my, my point is, it's a one-time paid yeah. And you own it. Yeah. And on top of owning it, you not only own it for life, you are getting some of the most well-optimized, stable editing experience. And I feel, it sounds like it's, it's an, as an excuse, but I feel like I'm stuck in this bubble where I can't condition my mind to give myself time to learn it. 
I keep telling myself that it's going to take too long to learn. It's going to slow down. And it annoys me because... I feel like I'm trapped in Premier Pro. I know it's slightly tangent, people, but this is where we catch yeah. up and just have the chat, right? Where I'm there just thinking it's it, it's it's near enough criminal to be this poorly optimized in terms of at least stability. Yeah. Cause how because that's the question. How bad does Premier Pro get before you leave? Oh, bruv. Right? I'm at that limit now. Genuinely, genuinely, I'm at I'm at that point right now where if if i think i think it sounds weird but when i do go canada for three weeks i'm not going for work purposes right i'm going to try and stack stuff ahead but i know there will be some stuff that comes through i'm going to use that time because by then i would have got my 14 inch backbook pro you know i will use that time to learn how to use um davinci resolve kid you not because i'm and the thing is it's not that i'll fully give up on premiere pro because again the the work assets for sam mobile there's a lot of After Effects files in there that have to be used and interlinked. And I don't know how that would communicate well with um, DaVinci Resolve in whatever sense, because that's the that's the ecosystem benefit yeah. with Dynamic Link. Great, you know, and Bridge and whatnot. But for my videos, hell yeah, I'm ready. I'm, so, I'm ready for that peace of mind. I'm ready for that peace of mind. And it's just... It's just more of an advice to anyone thinking of doing video content creation, right? Do not learn Premiere Pro unless you have to. Yeah. Learn DaVinci Resolve. It works on both Mac and Windows. There's a solid free version that you probably won't not need to upgrade for a very, very long time. And even when you decide to upgrade to the paid version, it's paid one time. You will get lifetime updates and it's yours for life. No monthly subscription. There is a big... Big, 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 big. And from what I remember, DaVinci Resolve has some great denoising built in. Color grading is top notch. The it's tracking the is really good. Tracking, I heard. I recently saw someone do a tutorial on DaVinci Resolve um, stabilization tracking and stuff. And I, I was blown away. I'm thinking, that's, this just feels way too advanced. Yeah. You know, and, and the hardware optimization and acceleration that you get from it, it's, it's leaps ahead. So... I think it's time for me to really bite the bullet and do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think that, so. That's that's one potential answer, right? Adobe are just making it as bad as they can for the fun of it, mate. The mate. sec, the second and the more genuine one is: I wonder if this is an issue that is indicative of the tech industry at large. And here's here's okay, why. Break I, it down. Break it down. Here's here's why I say that. Recently, I was watching some discussion about Evernote. Evernote yes, yes, is a uh, is an app that lets you take notes. Yep, simple the one as that. With the green elephant logo. Yeah, if it helps. <laughs> now, the discussion I was watching was sort of people sort of being like, "Why has Evernote become bad all of a sudden?" Mm. You know, like when I first got Evernote, it was whatever Evernote costs. Let's say it's ten. I don't know what it is, but let's say it's ten dollars a month. Yeah, but like I would pay ten dollars a month. And I got my app that let me take notes. And that's all I wanted it to do. And it did it really good. Now, it's still $10 a month. But they've added all of these features I didn't want. Mm. So the app is now bloated and it now runs slower. And it no longer does the thing I bought it for. Yeah. I almost wonder if what's happening here. And the, the, the way this happens is, is a variety of reasons, right? Because at the end of the day, you have software engineers who leave, right? So someone comes up with an idea and goes, oh my God, this would be a really good thing to add to our software. Yeah, yeah. So they add it to the software and then they leave and the person who replaces them doesn't care about that one yeah, specific yeah, yeah. feature. So it kind of gathers dust and ends up becoming bloat. Bloat, yes, yes. And, and also part of it is that these companies sort of when they're small have to make the best app ever for a specific niche mm -hmm. and so evernote when it first appeared was kind of the best app ever for taking notes yeah, and precisely yeah, yeah. nothing you. else and what happens is that's great but that's not what makes you the money yeah it gets you your first round of people people in, in yeah and then they go and then someone goes oh this is great but it would mm. also be great if you let me attach pictures to my notes yeah so they add that feature in, yeah. and then someone else yeah. wants another thing yeah and, and what ends up happening is the the scope of this product becomes larger and larger and the companies go this is great we have all of these users right so we have 
let's say you know a million people use my app and i'm but i'm paying 150 software developers to make mm. the app mm. and i'm like well instead of having 150 people make a good app i already have a million people who pay for it so if we have half of those people, if we have 75 people making an okay app, yeah, yeah. I've halved my production cost because mm -hmm. only, I've only got half the developers, but I've still got the 1 million users. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like making money for free. Free. And it, I almost wonder if that's what's happening as well to some extent. It, mu it must be. It must be. It must be. I, I, just, I, just feel like, I just feel like, yes, we are moving to a very subscription-based service world, right? Gaming. We've seen that with... We've seen definitively that if we take Xbox, for example, Microsoft, more like they, they want to be branded themselves as Xbox, right? I bet you any money, if Xbox themselves could get Game Pass on PlayStation, they would be happy to do that, right? We are living in a subscription-based world and it's getting to that. And, I, and, and the thing is, it does work. Do not get me wrong. It does work. It absolutely does work. I'm not against it. In fact... For how well Microsoft have implemented it, it's for Sony's hand to implement theirs with the yep. PlayStation Plus service with extra and premium. I'm looking forward to it. So a lot of plot holes and critiques in there that I've I've mentioned already on the cut down with the individual videos and what and whatnot. Um I am pro against, I am pro with it because if you look at the digital, the way the Xbox Series X is set up, for example, again, swiftly moving, and this is the the the, the, the transition of how we just have these natural conversations. Quick resume. Yeah. You can't do quick resume if you are using disc-based drives to play your game. It's just, it just doesn't work because of licensing and reason reasons. If, if you've got one game that you own via disc and you're playing off the disc and then you want to quick resume to another game that you own on the disc, it won't work. It has to be a digital version of that game installed and it does it between three or five games. I can't remember, right? Clutch feature. But that works based on it being a digital download. Microsoft making it easier for it to be a digital download for Game Pass, yeah. great, you know? So it works. There is a definite place for that. But the option to own your stuff still needs to be there. And I don't know what Creative Suite version it was. I think it was CS5, CS6, where Adobe transitioned to the description service. And I just feel like from then is when things just went downhill because you are given no option to own that piece of software and then on top of that it would be in in people's mind they would almost forgive it if it was absolutely top tier stable yeah it's not and i think a good example of this is actually microsoft yeah with the office suite where you can get office 365 mm -hmm. for whatever that costs let's say it's 100 i think it's 190 pounds a year yeah that's the number that like comes to mind when i think office um or you can buy like I, th I forget what the most recent version is because but they they do a version every few years basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you which can is own like it. which is like Office twenty twenty, mm -hmm. and you just get you know you get whatever it is in that moment mm -hmm. sort of freeze framed almost, yeah. Yeah. and it gets polished up a bit yeah. more than normal, yeah, and you now own Office twenty twenty forever, yeah. If Adobe did that, I imagine there would be a lot of people who would buy Hell Adobe, yeah. you know, Premiere Pro twenty twenty one. And just kind of live with it. Live with it, you know. But, but that's not how Adobe wants to make money. They want, they want, and the best example, like the best way to see this, is actually to look at the pricing for the Creative Cloud apps. Because if you want one app, it's like fifteen pounds a month, which is fine. If you want two apps, it's thirty pounds a month because yeah. it's fifteen pounds each. And if you want every Everything. app, it's thirty-four pounds a month. So clearly, what they want is for you to just pay for all, for of, all them. of it and i get that like i said because of dynamic link and bridge i get the ecosystem pool because i do that in my workflow all the time with the ae um the, the after effects um templates and overlays and effects and whatnot and i i remix and extend my tracks a lot you know i open up a, a audition remix a track and then just import it and it just it's it's so seamless so i get that pool i really do but it's it's just a it's just a painful place to be in terms of they just need to figure out how to really get the stability done right because some unreliabilities are out of nowhere. It's just a case of hey, I guess I need to close and restart it again. That's it. 
and I almost no reason. And I feel like like mobile OSs need this as well. They almost need a year. And the, the problem is because we're in this cycle, right? Adobe Max happens, and they have to show off some incredible features. Yeah, that's true. You know, like the and WWDC. Every, yeah, the, and they have they have to show off Google something, I.O., right? Yeah. What they what they can't do is turn up to Google I/O and be like, "Well, this year we don't actually have any new features. It just crashes twenty percent less." Yeah. No one. No one cares about like obviously like the user cares, yeah. but from a showing off showing point of off view, point no of one cares. Like no one cares. We almost need a year for all the software companies to go. All right, guys, we're taking we're taking twenty twenty two off. There'll be no new features. It's all stability. I love what you said. What companies off head? I, I I'm I'm gonna ask to see if you because I have one. What companies off head do you remember that have recently? Not recently, but just at any period of time, actually said, no, we are not going to release said version of this yearly product or service. We're going to kick Ooh. back and just, you know, fix stuff and just make it a polished experience. Because every year that you're expecting us to do something, it's just, it's, it's suicidal. It's suicidal. I think Google had that a little bit, not with, a, obviously not with Android 12, but with mm. Android 11, it was that to an extent. But even... Yeah. Even that had some features, yeah, it did. and I think from a pic, like from a Pixel OS point of view, yeah, um, we kind of discussed this in the Sam Mobile podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. where like stock Android no longer exists; it's exist. dead, it's a myth. However, the exist. like the AOSP version of Android between ten and eleven was relatively small in Smaller, terms of difference. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that was a polishing experience, but no one will see the AOSP versions of Android ten and eleven. I think the only company that really tries to showcase that in any way is Sony, for my yeah. remember. And even they have a bit of sort of extra stuff on yeah, top because yeah, of the because yeah. of yeah. the experience have their like yeah. cinema apps, which are incredible. Yeah, no yeah. one. Let's be real here. No one uses them. No one uses them. But they are really cool. Yeah, really, really, really. In terms of just what they're implementing from, obviously, their Alpha Cinema division and stuff. So, yeah, it, it is it is impressive. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And um, as of recently, the only company I can remember actually doing that was actually 2K. 2K Games with their WWE wrestling games. Weird one. I, I know we've just transitioned into gaming, but I respect companies that do that. Because they got to a point where their wrestling games were so bad. I mean, oh my goodness. Like really, really bottom barrel top. Like when I was on IGN just watching some reviews and stuff and whatnot, I was surprised how bad the review was. It was, I was like, man, for someone that used to be in wrestling when I was yeah. younger and especially the wrestling games, for wrestling games to be this bad now, like that's not even going to convince me to be on it. 2K sat back and said, yeah, we're not making a 21, 2021 version or 2020 version. We're going to take a year or two out and we're going to make sure we just reground everything. And the version they have out now, although I've not played it, but just, it's not a perfect game. No game is perfect. But just from the outside in, when, I'm, when you're looking at it visually, wow, it looks photo realistic, not just in terms of look, but just... The body movements, ragdolling, yeah. body, it looks, even for me, where it's like, it made me feel like I want to play that game, you see. So I just feel like, just touching on it, I wish more companies would be less scared to do that. And I, I always feel like games are the perfect place to do oh, that. Oh gosh, because FIFA, the yearly ones. Imagine if instead of like FIFA releasing a new game every oh, year. Oh, FIFA's a there criminal was, one. There was like, a FIFA, like a FIFA, and it's not going to be called FIFA as of next year. That's the whole thing. Whatever. <laughs> um, but imagine if it was like a FIFA and then every, they could, I mean, if they really wanted to milk it, they could do it every transfer season. Yeah. Right. So every, after every transfer, like every transfer window, they release like for like, say 10 pounds, mm. they have the brand new team. Yeah. Right. So you have this base game that, may even be free like you know maybe you charge like 20 30 quid for it yeah and then every six months you charge 10 pounds for the dlc and that means that you can update the engine the core of it the core of it for multiple years because at the end of the day whatever they do on fifa 22 will be forgotten by the time fifa 23 comes out like any progress everything, they make everything yeah everything gets forgotten so use that and and maybe you have like a 
you say that well every five years we need to make a new engine yeah or you know whatever it is yeah so every five years you have to buy the game from scratch fine yeah. whatever but aside from that having that all as dlc at a lower price i think would actually in the long run make them more money much more because money because you have more goodwill with your users because they know that you know if they spend 30 pounds on this base game it's yep. gonna be supported for years yep and the lower price of upgrading those rosters, of getting the latest team in, yeah. means that someone might go, you know what, 15 quid, why not? Yeah. Gen generally speaking, FIFA's at the top list of just that criminal, yearly, you know, release cycle of a game that isn't really improving at all. And I think back in the day, it was one of the hockey games from NHL that actually also put their foot down and said, yeah, guys, we're just not bringing out a model this year. We're not bringing out a game this year because we've not had enough time. It's not any different. And in fact, like I, I gave props to them. I was like, yo, that's respect. I rate that. You know, we're just going to, we're going to update the rosters for the previous or the current one. Like keep, keep updating, but we're just going to build it from the ground up. I'm just at the point where the yearly, the yearly, like what you're saying, the yearly kind of, we have everything, it's something to, it's right now, right? We're in that cycle with WWDC. Yeah. Right. Clearly, it's going to be iOS 16, next version of macOS that's going to be of a mountain or whatever. They, I, I don't know what naming scheme that they've called it on, on what they're following right now. Watch OS, iPad OS, yada, 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 yada. Great. It, it's great, don't get me wrong, but it's just, there's just, there's just pressure, there's this extra pressure that you're putting on yourself that you might be compromising on like what you're saying, the quality and the stability. You see, and 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 you're not wrong when you're saying that the tech industry at large has put so much emphasis and pressure that a phone, let's just say a phone like uh, the Note 21, we didn't get a Note 21 last year. You could say that the S22 Ultra is Note 22 six months early. Hey, but you know what? I wish certain products would actually wait 18 months and two years, right? The releases will feel more special. Yeah. They'll feel more polished and again, more stable. You see, I, and I just, I just, I just, I just wish, okay, maybe not as lazy as what Apple does with the iPhone SE, right? Because that's a copy and paste job to wait two years for, no. But I do wish more companies for their products and services would actually sometimes put their foot down and say, guys, we're just not going to bring out a new phone this year. And I think the exact opposite of this is, the company that has somehow managed to lose goodwill in their consumers quicker than anyone I've ever seen in OnePlus. Oh, One, goodness. OnePlus, there was a point where they were releasing a phone every like four months, it felt like. It felt like every time I turned around, they'd be like, oh yes, it's the OnePlus 9T. And it's like, why? And they're like, because we can. And it's like, okay. Like, you know, there's they they kind of went the extreme the other way where they were like, Anytime there's a chance of the slightest spec bump, we'll just yeah. stick it in a phone and call it a new phone. Yeah. And like, that's great. Like, from a, we, as the guy who really loves having the latest and greatest in tech, that's kind of cool, I guess. But even, even that lost its appeal after one year. And you ended up with all of these devices who get practically no support because they're out for such a short amount of time that, you know, if you, if you have a phone that's only available for six months, you're just not going to sell as many as if you had that yeah. phone available for two years. And so you've now got, instead of supporting one device that's been out for two years, you're supporting four devices that will reach out for six months. So fewer people have bought them, which means you've no longer justified releasing updates for the older one, which means that that older one is now no longer getting those updates. My biggest problem with how they did it, and again, me being X1 Plus and whatnot, it's always a sore point when it comes to discussing stuff like this, right? Compared to other, other manufacturers, they may have been doing a similar thing or what looked like the same thing, but they were generally at least trying to bring you a different product lineup with a at least one or two core USPs or KSPs that stood out where you could for marketing reasons, even to your general public, they even understood, oh, I know, like Samsung, I know this note is different to S. I just know it. I know it's only six or eight months apart or whatever, yeah. but that's not the same product. You can argue there's a lot of similarity, but marketing communication 
and sometimes it was just a look thing, right? Like the notes, are, the notes are slightly boxier than the S series, exactly. And it has an S pen, like boom. That's that's your two KSPs. On the other hand, OnePlus almost leaned into the fact that it was basically the same phone. That's, that's you know, what cheesed me they, off. They stuck a T on the end of the name, so it had the same name, right? And then on top of that. They they were like, no, 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 guys, don't worry. It's literally the same phone. We've just put in a newer Snapdragon chip. Like, they almost leaned in too hard into the, like, this is the same phone, but slightly better. Dude, they, it went as far as, because obviously the original iPhone 3GS started the S kind of, yeah. like, cycle. But even then, that was a year. Yeah, even, wasn't, even that, yeah. That was a yearly cycle. And even by the looks of it, it looks like Apple have kind of moved away from it, which, good, in a way, right? Since the iPhone 11, it's been 11, 12, 13. And if this year goes and it's 14, we can indefinitely say that S is dead. Yeah. And original S, when Phil Schiller was on stage, was actually co-signed for speed. Yeah. And I remember when the 5T was announced, right? They made a joke about, oh, T comes after S in the alphabet and one other company classes it as speed. We kind of class it as T for maybe turbo they kind of made a joke yeah. out of it as in like it's you know turbo being fun and stuff and i was like okay great but they're doing it every year yeah you're you're doing it every flipping five six months that doesn't sit well with me even me that i'm like i like the new thing every time you've it's it's, it's another thing that i had against uh last year's a52 from samsung and i've said it many times and <laughs> we've discussed this right at the gate the A52, in terms of the chipset that was in there and how they optimized it, was so not good that Samsung knew they needed to bring out the A52S. Yeah. That cheesed me off. Because I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. You're just basically telling me the same. Why don't you make that S model, that phone that I have yeah. right now? Was it, was it that hard? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, one, it's one of those things where in certain situations, when it's not communicated well it actually puts you off. To me, I'm like, well, I don't trust having to buy this version if potentially in three, four months, top six months, that very same phone is going to be a better version. Yeah. It's and not it's, a different type. It's the same phone better. What? <laughs> and it's and Tesla kind of does this in the sense that they don't have like concrete car versions. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like Ford will release like a 2012 Mondeo and then the 2015, <laughs> Mo you know, like, you know, they have concrete versions, versions yeah, yeah. which is good for a consumer because they can say, okay, well, I know that the next one comes out soon and I'll just wait for it and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Tesla, like the Tesla you buy is whatever the latest and greatest Tesla is. Mm -hmm. And sure, they might have like some bigger stuff that they show off, like an updated front spoiler or you know whatever not front spoiler, like a <laughs> a yoke steering wheel yeah a, a, a half a half steering wheel like the the bigger things get their own updates but generally speaking the tesla you buy is the the best that elon musk can make a tesla because <laughs> he's I, I don't know if you guys know this he's hand building every tesla oh my goodness <laughs> but what but what that means is that like people don't know that the regular yeah. consumer sees the tesla that was announced you know three years ago and goes is this the car i'm buying or is it something different mm -hmm. and they just can't tell and so for us in the tech space having the the t series was a bit annoying oh very but uh, but for for regular people buying devices they're like wait a minute is this supposed to be the flagship like is this yeah. or is the phone that like uh do i buy this now because it's the yeah. flagship or do yeah. i wait like what feels like two weeks yeah. because the new flagship comes yeah. out and then oh wait a minute the new new flagship is coming out yeah and i should just wait for that and then they just never end up buying anything yeah and that's that's what i mean about it's different to what they have now where you've got the nord range and you've got the it's it's genuinely you've communicated in a way where there is a difference. Yeah. Where the 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 normal person or even the techie understands that that's what that one is, and that's what this one is. So even if they've only just been released three four months apart, they are two separate things. Yeah. Get the one you need and you're fine. You don't need to get yourself trapped in that cycle. But that T range and how are we doing it? Always confused. Any time the normal numbered version came out, you knew. Uh, do I get this or just wait for the T? Or do I wait for the next numbered version? Yeah. And that is a poor mindset to 
keep someone trapped in that cycle of, I don't know which one to get. Because it's not a different product. And this is one thing that it, it, it really grinded my gears seeing that. And that kind of, it just, like, that's what I mean. That kind of not communicating your product segmentations and release cycle properly can just give the end buyer enough headache that if let's just say their contract upgrades at a certain time that just isn't a sweet spot to get it, you might lose them to another brand. Yeah. Because that other brand is well communicating in their pro product segment. You know, like it just made more sense. And I think that's why Apple dropped VS as well. Good. Because honestly, I think one year is probably the upper limit. Yeah, or the, yeah. the lower limit, sorry, yeah. for how frequently you like release stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I think one year is just long enough that if if the iPhone XS has just come out and you're like, well, I need a new phone, but do I wait for the 11? And then you're like, well, it's 10 months. Like that's basically, a, <laughs> like that's just about long enough the way you're like, actually, no, I'll yeah, just buy the XS. Yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's three months, you might be like, well, three months is like, you know, Mm. I'll just, I'll just, I can live with this for another three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, just, it's just too fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I mean, just, just to obviously not necessarily conclude, but it's to really drive away the original point is that I wish more companies, especially in the tech scene as what we, what we like to talk about, would just be more brave to put their foot down, slow their roll, polish and stabilize. Yeah. And then do proper from the ground core upgrades that really when they bring it out you know this is this is big this is big this is like this is actually the one one right and on top of that making sure that they communicate their product segmentations properly and not confuse it you know and just be brave about it. And then like like the 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 the, the software part of it, where we're again transitioning to a subscription-based world. Cool. I get it. Like I'm I'm actually like I said, I'm actually for it, but I'm never ever gonna be for it to the point where the end user, whether professional consumer, has zero option to own that product in any form. Yeah. Like what you said, the best example you gave is. Microsoft Office. Microsoft in about five years will probably make an upgrade version where at this point, we're going to freeze frame everything. Yep. Give you that, right? And you are going to hold on to that version. You're going to have it. It's stable. There's not going to be any feature upgrades, but you might get stability upgrades yeah. if there's any bugs. Bug right? fixes, but you're not security updates, yeah. stuff like that. But features, you want features and you want new features on the fly, 365. Yeah. And own that. I'm okay with that. For the ones that it suits where I just want to own it, right? Cool. And, and frankly, the people who just want to own it are the people who are willing to pay more as well. Exactly. Because it's for businesses. At the, at the end of the day, like, you know, as a, as a business, I don't want the latest and greatest feature in Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah. What I want is to open it and for it to not crash. Because oh. every time it crashes, it's costing me money. You know? Dude, I cannot tell you how many times I've exports I've crashed for no reason and when I needed it to just be done so I can at least set it to upload so I can sleep and I'm like I'm just way too tired to deal with this I have to sleep I've lost out yeah on that time of it being already uploaded getting up the, that next day to do the SEO the descriptions to let it process and all that stuff it's cost me that time yeah which if it's let's just say sponsored content that is meant to hit a deadline I'm screwed. I've, it, I've missed out. And even if it's not sponsored content, right? Even if it's just something with an embargo. Yeah. Hitting that embargo, embargo. like that's a massive, massive deal. Massive deal. Massive deal. And like tech companies, no, that's why they abuse embargoes as much. Like, I'll be honest, basically every tech company abuses for oh, their ability to yeah. give embargoes. And and dual and double ones and triple embargoes. Yeah, they'll oh, be goodness. they'll be like the unboxing embargo and then there's the hands-on hands -on embargo. embargo and then there's the software embargo. embargo. You know, like companies have realized that actually we can get like four waves of coverage out yeah. of this if we make an embargo for every little yep. thing. And that's great for them, I guess. But for someone who needs to work to those timelines, how, you'd think that like losing a couple of hours to Premiere nah. crashing isn't that big a deal. But it is. It's everything. It is everything. It, it, it's the difference maker in so many different things. If you, especially when you're trying to like line up back to back to back content, yeah, effectively, 
right? There's, there's, there's this always the thing where I'm always communicating with s- certain guys. It's like, well, you don't realize with just being in whatever form of content creation is that the nature of the job, and this is not undermining any other job. It's just the uniqueness of different jobs, right? Yeah. Unlike certain jobs where, like, again, I, w- I worked in retail, telecoms, sold phones, contracts and whatnot. So that's where I was able to exercise that passion and just transfer it into this. It's a clock in, clock out based job. If I'm not there, the job is going to get done. There's someone else fulfilling it. Yeah. It, it goes, it moves, right? Uh, if, if I'm not there, the job is going to get done regardless. If I'm there, it gets done better, whatever, say it. But for us, no. <laughs> if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. There is no benefit of someone else picking up. It needs to be done. Yeah. Right? It, it, when you get to that stage of the final edit and whatnot, if it can't be done, it ain't going to be seen. So it makes no difference how much effort you put in before. That part needs to get done. And it's such a crucial point that that end user experience, just re- it's, it's just something that needs to be done so much that more companies that take time to actually do that. And, I, and I'll be honest, coming back to the Venture Resolve, I look at it, and I see them not really putting themselves under that type of pressure and they get more of it right in terms of the software being absolutely stable and just, you know. So more companies need to follow that suit. More companies also need to be brave, like what I gave with the example of NHL and especially 2K with WWE and just actually just put their hands up and say, guys, we're just not going to. We, 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 we get it. Like we've dropped the ball. Or even if they've not dropped the balls, I was just going to take that bit more time, especially those yearly expected recycle games. Yeah. Oh, it, ne- it, needs to, it needs to be done. It needs to be done. So it's it's, it's something to consider. I, 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 love, I love where the conversation ended up naturally going from TikTok to software in terms of creation, but not just software, but software for like gaming and, yeah. you know, <clears throat> just... Just what 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 the difference is in terms of also communicating your product segmentation or your service segmentations, whether it's pricing yeah. or feature sets or unique USPs, it's such a difference maker that when it's not done right, that's how you just lose interest, you know. And I'm at the point where yes, Premiere Pro and the Adobe Creative Suite makes me my money. Without it, I wouldn't have gotten so many of the opportunities that I have with my working professional career in this space. So I'm grateful, but I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I, I can't be dealing with throwing even more hardware just yeah. to work. That's just not the way, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have to go from, I was already on a six core processor. I'm on a 12 core processor. I was on a graphics card that had four gigs of RAM, VRAM. I'm on a graphics card with 12 gigs of VRAM. I'm still getting the same problem. Oh, so wait, I need to actually go to 24 cores and 24 gigs of VRAM? To have a chance of it behaving, nah, I don't yeah. think so. That's that shouldn't be the way, you know. So, Adobe, if you're hearing this, please, 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 I'm not the only one. I promise you, I'm really not. <laughs> Let's get this fixed up. But um, yeah, I mean, anything else from you? Talk to me. Anything else? How have you been in general? Just to pretty much wrap things up. How yeah, have you been in general. I've been, I've been good. I've been away, and I'm back now. Yes, so I'm no longer away. Yes, uh, yes, that's, that's how that works. Yes. Um. Yeah, I'm just excited to get back into the the. <laughs> I was joking about this earlier, but the hashtag grind set. Mm-mm. <laughs> and <laughs> the last few years is kind of slowed that down in a lot of ways. Yeah, and so I'm I'm just kind of excited to be getting back into making videos as someone who. As someone who is mostly enjoys the editing, we've kind of had discussions about this. <laughs> I love, Big respect for you, man. Yeah, as, as someone who like loves editing, I've been spending a lot of my time like behind the scenes doing editing for nice, other stuff. Nice, nice, nice. But nice. I am very excited to get back into like the whole, the full stack because I, I enjoy being in front of a camera. It's the reason I do oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the reason I do yeah, Snappy yeah. Tech in yeah. the first place. Yeah, and yeah. and so I just want to, I I want to grab a camera and go out and just film stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That is, as well as obviously, it's so it's so funny you said that. As well as obviously, um, testing the product, 
and services and whatnot, you know, again, that's where the whole lover of tech comes from because that's what I actually love, right? I, 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 have, I have just come to just accept that the, the, the most fun part of the creation process is being in front of the camera for me. Like, yeah. and just, that's why I get to actually talk and express and be more of myself. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's something, it's something that is, is definitely good. It's definitely good. And, um, it's, 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 it's nice to see that, especially with the traveling part as well, getting to travel more. Um, and it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting with the traveling part. It's, uh, I was even saying to you before, like, it's been a shock to my system, not in a bad way, but it's like, um, du what, what was it? Dubai, November, CES. I'm happy because for the tech scene, for example, I'm, I'm taking off a lot of what I like to call bucket list. Yeah. A lot of these events that I saw, especially the three staple in the kind of consumer electronics space, CES, MWC, IFA, they're the ones that from the conception of tech YouTube, I was like inspired by yeah. so many people, right? So I'm glad I'm getting to take them off and do it. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a shock. It's like, you know, for someone that wasn't traveling that regularly, you know, it's a shock to the system. And there's certain things where it's like when you're not with the right person or right people around you, as adventurous as it is to see different countries in different cultures, you do feel a lot out of your comfort zone. And it actually becomes more than double the work yeah you know you're thinking about your safety your equipment your space where you are you know so it, it's 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 some it's something that i'm hoping like i'll be able to get to a point where i'm able to link up with more people at these events that can like help with content do stuff with and whatnot but um no it's good it's good it's good it's good i'm glad <laughs> but yeah honestly mate thank you Thank you, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. It's always fun coming on, like just just chatting Listen, with you. Do you like, know what? I, I'm like even wrapping it all up. I'm even thinking about it that, like I said before, I've forgotten how just fun because we used to. I used to come on the Snapchat yeah. podcast a lot, and I don't know. It's just life happens. Yeah. Sometimes you just think, but, why has it been so long? You can't pinpoint. Oh, oh you did this to her. So something you didn't actually do anything. It's just life happened. And I, I've realized that sort of, I've come to the conclusion that growing up is realizing that time speeds up. May. Because I messaged someone the other day, fully convinced that the last time I spoke to them was like a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I checked the previous message and it, it had been like March of 2020. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's been over two, like where did those two years, two years go? go? Like how on earth has it, have I gone two years without speaking to this person? And like in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, I last spoke to him like a few weeks ago. Like you know, we'll just catch up whenever. Never. You the just case. get you just get so into like whatever's going on at the time. And I I also have this issue where I can talk to someone every day. Yeah. For like yeah. a year. Yeah. And the moment I skip a day, they just like fall out they of my brain. Out. Yeah. It's a it's a. And it's, I don't know how it happens. It's a thing to the point where I started thinking about a superpower to have, right? That wasn't so op but made sense and i thought about it one superpower that always scares me is time manipulation yeah i just think it's just it's just too right it's, it's a weird tangent to say this but i thought about it and i said what would be a special power that i would love to control but wouldn't be so compromising and so op yeah just being able to stop time there's sometimes where i want to sleep eight hours and a minute's gone yeah and just pause time there's some situations where i just want to pause time i don't want to go into the future or go into the past yeah you just want to you just want to be experiencing that moment, moment forever. for a longer period of time yeah. it may not be forever but it's like i want to because it's like there's there's times where as early as i get up and as early as i try and stay ahead before i know it i'm like where where's the time gone yeah. you know so because of that reason, anytime I get anyone to just come in person to catch up with, chat, talk spontaneous, and this is exactly what I want to cut down to be. Structured, but unplanned, unscripted, where we just go off the cusp, especially like people in the industry that I know that I've called friends and colleagues that I've not caught up with for no less than two years. Yeah. Like, I just want it to just be like, hey, let's just flow with it. Talk whatever, whether it's up-to-date news or just us and whatnot. So...
I really, really appreciate you coming down. Really, really appreciate you coming down. Um, let the audience know where and how they can find you. Yes, yeah, so I guess you can um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Snappy Tech. Oh yeah. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. It's uh, George <laughs> underscore probably. Um, <laughs> I love the I love the switch around to that. Yeah, it's it's the same for basically all the social medias. <laughs> uh, my name is probably George, I guess. Uh, it'd be kind of awkward if it wasn't at this point, I guess. I kind of branded myself around that. Um, but yeah, and actually, really quickly, the story behind that name is actually goes all the way back to Rocket League. Really? Because uh, in Rocket League, when you score a goal, it says your name and then scored. Okay, okay, okay. okay and okay. so I set my name to George probably because the goal reads George probably, probably scored. scored. <laughs> um, and I have a second account that I use when I'm streaming yeah, yeah. that's called George hasn't <laughs> because it's George hasn't <laughs> scored. scored. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that one is particularly fun when someone scores an own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, George probably on all the social medias if you want me specifically. If you want the tech geeky stuff, it's um, Snappy Tech on YouTube and Twitter. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, episode two of the Cut Down podcast show is pretty much knocked out. Thank you to all the audio listeners and you know exactly where to find it, man. Just pretty much on all your most popular audio and podcast platforms so definitely give it a rating drop a review down and let us know what you would like to see more um for our video listeners as well definitely man subscribe to the cut down youtube channel as well where you get pretty much your straight to the point cut down on weekly tech news and also the video version of this podcast as well really really appreciate your support it's a new venture any feedback and anything that you want from us to really improve as i go more in-person guests working on the virtual stuff as well let me know Again, as I always like to say, especially during this time, be safe and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.